Good evening. <clears throat> Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Sunday. I uh, hope everybody's had a, a good weekend and uh, rested up and ready for the uh, uh, upcoming week. I know Mondays are always a pain and it's not something anybody looks forward to, but I, uh, I do hope that uh, uh, you had a good weekend nonetheless. Um, I apologize. I sincerely apologize. I, I was really looking forward to having uh, outdoor service uh, this evening, and uh, I really was. And I, uh, according to the weather, I uh, said it's supposed to have severe thunderstorms. So I have um, my AccuWeather app is usually, I mean, right on the money every time. Well, this morning it shows, I mean, it looked like a Nashville, some nasty storms heading this way. So, I, And then my app showed it's starting at 6 o'clock, and then again at 7. So I thought, well, I better not chance it. And uh, But I told Brandon, I said, you wait and see, it won't do a thing. You can see it's sunny and beautiful outside. And now the app don't even show the rain except down in Alabama. So I've just, it's just so, so frustrating. It really is. And I apologize. I um, had several people express to me they were uh, wanting to come out uh, and listen this evening. And I, uh, I hate it. So maybe next week uh, we can try it again. Hopefully the weather will be nice won't be too hot and uh no rain and we can go shoot for it there so i apologize that uh uh not be able to do that this evening i'm really aggravated and mad at myself i should have just said hey we're going to meet anyway and and just done it but i uh, just but had a that's just it you and i both know had i done it then it would have come a downpour and if i don't it's sunny i just just par for the course so just the way it goes Oh well, such is life. So let's go ahead. If you've got your Bibles handy, we'll look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. So everybody just a second to turn there. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, The righteous shall live by faith. You know, uh, the gospel is available to everyone. You know, when you see that both to the Jew and the Greek, to the Gentiles, it is available to everyone. And uh, it doesn't matter what your race, ethnicity is, the gospel is open for everybody and anyone who is willing to listen and to accept it. And uh, right now, that is the only thing that's going to uh, heal this country with what it's going through. So, uh, if you have any prayer requests, we sure put them in the comments. I see my mother-in-law, Mrs. Sharon Boyd, has put on here, pray for our country and many unspoken. Yes, Mrs. Boyd. And uh, I will be sure and do that. She is my favorite mother-in-law. So in case she doesn't know that, she is my favorite one. So, but uh, uh, but anyway, uh, if you um, uh, put those in the comments after uh, I pray, then um, by all means, we'll have everybody come together and, and pray over that anyway. Uh, I uh, <laughs> forgot to grab the prayer list again from the church. Dad's reading those off. When he's reading them off, it's more I thought, let me grab those before I leave. And that way I can have them for this evening. And I ran off, forgot them again. So I just waited. Everybody comes and starts talking, and uh, it's hard to uh, you lose your your concentration there. So, uh, but thank you, Miss Wilma, for watching. Linda Feather says, "Pray for Murph, most definitely. We pray for him every single day, and uh, we'll continue to pray." And uh, our um, former uh, youth pastor, Josh Banks, he's he's a true uh, brother in Christ, and thank the world of him. Uh, he's he's got his own church now and pastoring. Uh, he lost his brother uh, to cancer, so really be praying for him. Uh, I know they were close. Uh, pray for him and uh, uh, his brother's wife and children and the whole family. I can't imagine. I'm sure it's a very difficult time for him right now, so be sure and um, uh, lift them up in your prayers. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love and your joy and your peace overflowing. And Lord, uh, I just want to lift up, as I was just saying, uh, Josh Banks. And Lord, uh, uh, I know that he's really hurting right now. And I pray that you'll give peace and comfort to him and his family. 
uh, that you'll give them strength, and Lord, that your presence be known and felt. I pray that you be at Hoover uh, Smith at the loss of his mother, and that you will uh, bring peace upon him and strength. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, as my uh, mother-in-law stated, she had the state of our country, that you bring peace upon our land and uh, healing. And uh, pray to be the unspoken concerns that she has. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with Mr. Murph, Mr. Roger Winters. I pray to be with Wendy Lee, and I pray that you'll be with Kim Penix. I pray to be with uh, uh, her uh, father-in-law, uh, that he'll uh, continue healing uh, from this fall. Uh, Lord, I just pray that um, uh, you'll be with Ron and Thelma Thompson, and, uh, and so many other prayer concerns, Lord Jesus. Uh, my dad, mom, mother-in-law, father-in-law, my wife, my kids. And Lord, uh, just be with us and God us and protect us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate every one of you all for watching this evening. I am trying to think of any real um, um, announcements. Can't think of anything specific. Uh, just uh, be sure to tune in Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. We'll continue our uh, study in Hebrews uh, at 7 o'clock. In fact, this is the chapter I like. This is the faith chapter. Lord willing, if we get through uh, uh, everything uh, this evening, uh, we're going to start on Hebrews 11 and really looking forward to that. Oh, excuse me. Oh. Apologize. I don't know where that comes from. Well, sorry about that. But I don't think I'm getting enough sleep. But anyway, uh, that's bad when you're starting to fall asleep in your own sermons. You know, it's one thing for everybody else to fall asleep when you're speaking. But when you fall asleep, that's really bad. So, but, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, we're going to tune in uh, Wednesday at 7. Uh, of course, next Sunday uh, at 11, we'll have Sunday morning service. And then <clears throat> hopefully, Lord willing, I'm going to shoot for doing an outside service next Sunday evening. So let's pray Pray that uh, the weather will hold out and uh, all will be well. We can do that. I'll give, I'm just kicking myself so much right now. Just give you anything. If we had went in and just said, hey, we're going to meet anyway and just done it. So I, I'm sorry, guys. I, you know, it just, uh, so I told my wife, it's like, I feel like every decision I make is the wrong one, you know. So, but, uh, oh, well. Uh, let's see here. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. Is what we're going to be looking at uh, this evening. So if you have your Bibles handy, be sure and uh, tune in to tune in to, that, to turn to that. All right, <laughs> uh, Hebrews 10. Oh, I might have forgot the Bible verse up, wasn't it? I apologize. So let me get that up here so you can read along with me. Uh, verse 32. But recall the former days when you were enlightened and endured hard struggles with sufferings sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partner with those. Let me get over here so that you can... Uh, with those um, treated, for you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew what you yourselves had, a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Over here. For yet a little while, and coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteousness, one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. All right. Now, as my old pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. All right. Well, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into this and see where, see what's going on here. Let's pray. And if our Lord, again, we just come for you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, I pray that you will lead us, guide us in your word. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to become spiritually mature. Lord, let us uh, use every opportunity to, uh, to dive into your word. Spend that time in studying and, and prayer. And Lord, let us be the mighty warriors and Christians you've called us to be. And Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, I don't think it's any <clears throat> surprise to that uh, so many Christians have become complacent 
and apathetic and uh, uh, no longer being the warriors in which they are called to be. Uh, you know, you, you often hear, uh, you know, you trust in God and, and great things are going to happen, everything from weight loss to marriage, all these good things. But uh, when it comes to persecution, nobody wants to really go there too often. It's, you know, hey, I want to hear all the good things, but, you know, I, all the prosperity, but I, I didn't sign up for the persecution kind of idea. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of um, uh, a reflection in our country uh, to the, um, uh, this, this apathy in regards to uh, standing up for what is right, standing up for what is true. Uh, being that light in the world of darkness, uh, people just aren't, uh, they're too worried about affirmation from those around them uh, instead of standing up for what is right. Uh, we're not going to be liked. Uh, we're, we're going to be hated. Uh, and uh, you might as well just get that through your head if you're going to be a Christian. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. It is tough. It is a difficult uh, position to be in uh, as a child of God. People don't want to hear uh, about Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear the word. I mean, we are literally seeing uh, what is good is considered bad, and what is bad is considered good. I mean, it's just without a doubt. I mean, the world is mad. It has turned upside down. You know, it's just like Rome, just decayed from within. And, uh, you know, the immoral, the, more, you know, more, the immorality uh, that is running rampant. In fact, uh, someone is pointing out, uh, those on social media may have seen it, the, uh, there's actually a group uh, page uh, on social media. Now, uh, of course, the the uh, National Organization for Man-Boy Love Association has been around for quite some time, but now they're trying to say that that is a sexual orientation and that uh, uh, it's okay to do these kind of things to children. It's, it's so evil and so vile. And somebody had it on Facebook, and, they, and several people have reported this group to Facebook and say it doesn't violate their standards. But now, if I was to get on here and, uh, and I was to put, and I know from a fact because I have it, I've been put in Facebook jail enough times to know that if I put on something on there about Islam, talking about how it's a religion of the sword, speaking against something that is wrong and, and vile, they will they will uh, uh, will block me from access to my pages, from access to Facebook for 30 days. And but yet pedophilia, that doesn't go against their standards. I reported pornography. That doesn't go against their standards. But someone blaspheming against my God and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, saying something against Islam. In fact, there is a, um, uh, a picture. See, Facebook will cover for something graphic. Uh, they will have, they have a way to, for those, I'm, I'm saying this for those who don't do Facebook, uh, have a way to, uh, to blur out the image where you can't see it, but you have to click down below it to make the, the picture visible, you know, because they, you know, obviously if it's something violent, you know, they want to be careful if children may be seeing it or something to that effect. And it's, it's what several people had this on there. And I clicked on it, and it was showing, all it was showing was uh, the difference between Islam and Christianity. It showed them uh, bowing to Mecca, and, and I forgot what the, the, the lower heading was about uh, in regards to, I guess, Christianity or America. That was blurred out as if that was something horrible. And I'm just like, what in the world is going on? You know, we are, have, been, have made it, you know, we've been pretty cushy uh, here in, in America. And um, as a Christian and as a pastor, now I've had people mock me. I've had people make fun of me. Uh, I've even had people call my daddy trying to get me fired. You know, somebody had uh, on Facebook about, uh, uh, I was making a little joke about the art of war and talking about using memes. The more memes you use, the more you make somebody cry, the more you keep using memes, you know, just anyway. But uh, but I, I did that. Uh, this I didn't want to, you know, I was just having fun. I was just joking around. Some uh, I've got it was under some article on some uh, news agency. And uh, uh, every time she responded, I'd post a meme. I was laughing. I thought it was funny. She, the matter she got, the more I posted memes. I never said anything. I just get posted memes. Just, just I thought it was funny. She went berserk and she emailed my dad of course i get a call what are you doing what are you I'm tired of stupid facebook he's going off on me i was like what you know she got mad and was wanting to get me fired uh or thought that she'd go tattle to my daddy he'd, he'd bust my tail at 40 something years old but uh uh but see you know we don't know what real persecution is uh you know there's there's people around the world christians who are being beheaded being tortured being jailed uh, you know i've i've seen and read 
the articles and videos of uh, Christians in China who can even have uh, hold Christian funeral services or weddings without being uh, severely persecuted. We don't have any clue. You know, um, in my studies, uh, you know, it was talking about uh, one way, to, what I'm trying to get at here uh, was talking about Hannibal. Now, I'm not talking about Hannibal Lecter. I'm not talking about Hannibal Smith from the A-Team. I'm talking about Hannibal of, uh, of centuries old. Uh, he was a, a, great, uh, a great warrior. And um, he, uh, uh, in fact, I think I, I, think I wrote it down here because I knew I'd forget uh, Hannibal of Carthage. See, I knew I'd forget it. That's why I wrote it down. Hannibal of Carthage. And uh, he, uh, uh, it was getting close to winter time. So they, they really was a big force uh, against the Roman Empire. And uh, but it was getting winter time. So he, uh, they, they uh, settled in uh, Capua. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and uh, but it was very luxurious there, and uh, they uh, grow more or less soft. And said that 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 when they spent that time there through the winter time, that it was uh, did more damage than the Roman Empire ever could. Because once they grew soft, once they got accustomed to the lifestyle they were living, that when the Roman soldiers come against them, they just plowed over them. They it was ready, you know. In other words, it's like the, the sometimes the harder conditions that you're in. The stronger you may be, and more be and be able to fight uh, in in the midst of the battle. But when things are are plush and luxurious, uh, the more uh, apathy, the more complacency, uh, the less uh, strong you are. And I think that's exactly what we have seen with Christians here in the United States of America. That we have grown accustomed to a plush lifestyle. We have grown accustomed to, hey, there's a church on every corner. We've grown accustomed to, I read my Bible later. We've grown accustomed to things that, you know, when, that when the battle comes, you're going to be unarmed. See, remember that when we read God's Word, and, and as Christians, we are told time and again, this is war. This is battle. And we must be prepared. We must be ready to fight at a moment's notice. And... War is not pleasant, as many of you know or should know. Uh, you know, horrible things happen in war. You know, some of y'all, I don't know how many of y'all ever heard um, uh, in my podcast, uh, the interview I did with Josh Hall. And he has been through, oh my gosh, it's it's incredible uh, what that man has been through. You talk about a real hero. I mean, he is uh, it's beyond words, and he has... Uh, I have great respect for him, and uh, not only him, but Chuck Richardson, I interviewed him, and what he's been through. I mean, these men have seen what war is about and has have, have to deal physically uh, as a result of the sacrifice they gave uh, to keep us free, the, the sacrifice they gave that these morons uh, want to destroy and tear down. You know, uh, every time I see a video uh, someone burning a flag or standing on a flag. I tell you, I just uh, someone from the church sent me some videos the other day and showed this woman standing on the flag and she's had her megaphone on and said, "Come on, everybody, stand on the flag." I tell you, I, I'll just be honest with you, guys and gals. Uh, I'm not a big man. I'm not a you know some kind of fighter or nothing like it. But if I catch anybody burning that flag or standing on that flag, I'm telling you right now. I will fight tooth and nail, and I don't care if I go to jail for it. I will defend that flag. And um, when I took that oath going into the Air Force, that's one thing. Yeah, you fight the enemies uh, foreign and domestic if that's what it takes to preserve what we hold dear. And if I end up in jail for doing something like that, so be it. Hey, I still preach the gospel there too. <laughs> so um, I think that's the problem. Uh, as we we're seeing, as uh, as as Hannibal uh, that was seeing with his men uh, and the lifestyle they've gotten, so you know you've heard me say this before that uh, so many churches have allowed New Age philosophy to infiltrate uh, into their teaching. You have pastors who don't believe in the whole Word of God. You don't. You have pastors who don't believe in the deity of Christ. You have pastors who have problems with the Trinity. You have the pastors who are uh, have problems with uh, with anything supernatural or the miraculous in the Bible. These are the kind of people who are standing behind a pulpit, supposedly trying to preach the gospel. If you you can't. You know, if you if you don't believe in the whole word of God, the inerrant, the infallible, efficient, sufficient word of God, then there's problems, man. What are you learning out there? And see, and that just goes back to what we're talking about. 
Everybody wants that hallelujah barn out there. Everybody wants to, a feel-good message. They want to know, you know, how you know how, how can this uh, help me with with diet, or how's this going to help my marriage? How's this going to how's this going to benefit me? How's this going to make me feel good? But they don't think about the persecution. They don't think about the spiritual battle that is at hand that we have to fight daily. And my friends, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready to come to battle spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Because the devil doesn't play fair. And we have to, you know, it's the battle of the mind. That's why we put on the full armor of God. We have to be ready to fight at a moment's notice. And you cannot do that laying around. What, what army would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, a group of people sitting around a swimming pool eating uh, bonbons and, and uh, getting their, their suntan? And when the battle comes, you want them? Or do you want the soldier that's been training daily? learning his weapon uh, sufficiently and uh, efficiently and, um, and, and got on their armor and ready to engage with the enemy. Which would you rather have? I don't know, I'd rather have the, the people who are prepared and ready, not the ones who are laying around the pool and partying it up because they're going to fall big time. That's the problem. So you got too many people laying around the pool not wanting to do anything. I'm not talking about a physical. I'm talking, you know, uh, hypothetical here, but uh, uh, those who are uh, uh, at the proverbial pool, if you will, and they're not prepared, not ready. So then, when the storm comes, when the when the war hits, they're like, "Well, I don't know what we're going to do," and they crumble and they fall like dominoes. That's why we have to have and have knowledge of the whole Word of God. Persecution, my friends, is uh, something that may become more of a reality than you may even realize right now, maybe more than I realize right now. Because, you know, this cancel culture, as I've told you before, this Marxism that we are seeing, it will not stop at statues. All right, they're, they're, they're spraying graffiti on, on African-American uh, statues in honor of those who are helping to free other slaves. Uh, historical markers in favor of African-Americans who accomplished the, that's what they're, they're spraying even that. So that tells you it has nothing to do with the statues. It's about Marxism. It's about socialism. And they want to shut down churches. And they want to shut down pastors. You know, uh, in California, they don't even want you to even sing right now because they claim it's going to uh, spread the COVID virus. And uh, it may or may not be true. I don't know. But to me, it's an affront on churches. It's is another attack to try to shut down churches. You know, it's amazing how singing in a church is a danger, but rioting and protesting shoulder to shoulder, screaming our heads off, the same mantra you hear everywhere else, that doesn't spread anything, but being a church it does. I'm just telling you right now, uh, this cancel culture will not stop. Everybody keeps bowing and kowtowing to these turkeys. It's not going to stop. And they're going to come after churches. And they're going to come after them hard. And they're going to come after me, my dad, anybody other pastor who speaks out against those things that is not politically correct. You cannot be both biblically correct and politically correct. Now, it may some things may cross barely, I mean a smidget, but not much. And, um, and so I don't care. I am prepared uh, to um, whatever it takes. I mean, I, I'd rather go out fighting uh, as a lion than, uh, and, and than to uh, live forever as a lamb. Does that make sense? I don't know. I saw I read it somewhere and I thought that's pretty cool. But anyway, so, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't care. I want to preach the whole gospel of, uh, of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and if that puts me in jail, if they... Whatever happens, then whatever happens. But I'm, they won't silence me, and I know they won't silence my dad. He's too mean. They they can't silence him. He he would hurt somebody. So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, so that's what brings us to what we're talking about here this evening. Now, I know as a lot of a lot of words, a lot of verbiage, but uh, that takes us to what we're looking at here this evening because we look here in Romans ten verse thirty two. But recall the former days when you, when after you are enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. So, all right, now he, or they're trying to encourage them. Now they're obviously being persecuted right now uh, for uh, turning away maybe from Judaism and uh, and pursuing that Christian life. 
And uh, so he's trying to encourage them, you know, uh, to to not turn from those things, to uh, to not drift away, uh, as as it were. You know, if you don't have a, a boat anchored uh, in, a, in a way it should be, obviously that boat's going to start drifting out into the middle of the lake, and you're going to be hurting trying to get that thing back to the shore. And we have to be anchored in the things of the Word of God. And so he's telling them, you know, if they're, if they're feeling discouragement, which oftentimes a lot of us do, we may feel that discouragement. We feel like, what's the use? What's it matter? Why do I even try? You know, here I'm trying to live for the Lord, but the, the turkey next door who lives like a, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> the lowest form on earth, I don't know what, you know, the, the, the words escape me there. Uh, the, you know, it's like everything goes their way, and, and uh, uh, they, they're living high on the hog. But, you know, so like, since I started following the Lord, everything I do has just has been, you know, nothing succeeds, everything is bad. Hey, and that's what we're getting into here this evening. Don't focus on this temporal stuff, all right? All this stuff's going to go away. we got to focus on the eternal. That's what we got to focus on, and that's what they're doing here. And so don't get discouraged. Remember, what are those things that, that drew you to Jesus Christ? What are the things that excited you about, about, about Jesus that, uh, that you wanted, that what you wanted more of? Uh, you know, I think, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, don't, I know some people, you know, well, I know everybody, I should say some people, nobody wants to go to hell, obviously. But I hope that is, it was more than just the scope of that, that is, that you wanted to, to be Christ-like. You understood who Jesus was and that you wanted more of that. You wanted to have that Christ-like mind that you were excited. And that's what we see here that um, after you were enlightened and you endured hard struggle and sufferings, you know, the, sometimes uh, you know we can also look at this in a, in a way of um, athletics, to, you know that endurance to keep pushing forward. Now, uh, now I know I'm a fat boy. <laughs> I like to eat. Uh, I've struggled with my weight for years, so you know I'm just at the point I just don't even care anymore. I'm tired of of yo-yoing in any way. But anyway, my point is, uh, I, I I'd love. I know it sounds weird and crazy. I love to run. I love it. I enjoy it. I know some people say if, I, if you see them running, you better run twos or something after them. But uh, I enjoy it. I like working out. I like the challenge. I like the road race. I like pushing myself to the limit. And see, you know, and we're seeing here, said, uh, remember the former days when you're a lot and you endured hard struggle and sufferings. When you're running, all right, for those who may not know, you know, sometimes when you're in a race and uh, uh, you know, you're, you're focusing on the finish line. You're focusing on where you want to be. You have to set your pace. And uh, now there's people who are a lot faster than I am. I always have been, you know, and uh, that could be a little discouraging. You know, you see people who are better than you are. And sometimes that can relate to a spiritual side too. You Sometimes you see people you think are spiritually higher than you are, and that can be discouraging sometimes. But you've got to stay the course. And when I run, I run with everything that I've got. I run like that's the last race I'll ever run. I've ran, and, um, and the steeper the hill, the more I like it. And so that's the way I train. And I, I remember there's been road races I've ran in. People are like, man, this hill's horrible. If I wait till you get to that hill. And I finished race, and I'd be like, well, what, where was the hill at? They said, man, you don't remember that big hill? But, but I've run up hills that are, you know, you about touch the ground. That's how steep they are. In fact, me and Dad was on his, uh, took me a little ride in the sidecar the other day. And he said, why well, hate to run up this hill? I said, I run up, I, when I was running, I run up all the time. I said, you're full of it. I said, no, really? He said, this whole thing. I said, yeah. I said, I'd do it all the time. But um, uh, that's the way I like to train. And um, it is tough. And when you hit those really steep hills, you think there ain't no way. Your muscles are burning. You're gasping for air. And your, your lungs, your heart, it just, oh, man, it's not like you can keep on, but you keep enduring. You keep pushing one foot after another. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And next thing you know, man, you're at the top. You're at the top of that hill. And, man, ah, oh, it feels so good. And then, uh, you know, then you start descending back down again. And then you hit the next hill. And next thing you know, you've hit that finish line. My friends, the Christian life can be like that. We have to endure. We have to keep pushing forward. And sometimes we hit those hills. We may hit a mountain. And you think, man, there is no way I'm going to get through this. But you draw down deep. And you know where your strength is at. You know it comes from Jesus Christ. You know it comes from God above. And you dig deep. And you keep running. You keep pushing. You keep persevering. 
See, that's Jesus Christ working in you. That's His strength working in you. And you keep, you hit that hard, you hit that that hill hard, you hit that mountain hard, and you keep going step after step. Feel like your lungs are going to explode, but you keep going. You don't give up. And next thing you know, you look back, man. God's got you at the top of that mountain, and you're thinking, Phew, man, I think I could do it. Well, it's what you couldn't, but Jesus Christ gave you the strength to do it. So we have to remember that, my friends. All right, remember the former days. And verse 33, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. So, you know, we, we look at that in um, uh, verse uh, 33. And um, let's see here. There's something I was wanting to point out here. Um, yeah, okay, that's what it was. Um, how God has worked in the past. You know, how God uh, dealt with us uh, in those former things uh, that we um, uh, uh, dealt with. Uh, in regards to different struggles uh, that he brought us through, you know, we we, we recall uh, those things, and uh, uh, and we know that God got us through that. We know He'll get us through these things too. So we have to to, to keep our eyes on that. But verse thirty four is very interesting here. It says, "For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully, joyfully." That's a key word. Let's look, we're going to look at that here. Joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better position and an abiding one. Now that's very important here because for you had compassion on those in prison. So uh, maybe there's fellow Christians who were uh, imprisoned uh, for their beliefs, uh, for their convictions in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, maybe we don't understand why some, you know, when some tragedy happens, why some uh, God shares grace on and why others uh, have to face judgment. You know, we, we again, are finite individuals and we serve an infinite God. And, you know, God can be uh, complex and, uh, you know, it may not always be easily understandable as to why sometimes certain events uh, transpire. Now, it's important uh, to that we go to the prisons and try to minister. That's one thing about Fountain Life Bible Church. I'm not saying other other uh, uh, churches don't have uh, other ministerial outreaches or, or go to prisons. I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying that's one thing that uh, our churches uh, have been doing for many years is, is going to the Carter County Work Camp or uh, Mountain City Prison and, and trying to, uh, uh, to minister uh, to those prisoners, to share the word of God uh, to these individuals. But say that uh, you were you were gone. Whether you know, of course, we go to Florida too. Say you were gone to uh, to Florida or Mountain City, and you were trying to minister to these prisoners. You come back, and everything in your house was been uh, ripped off and stolen, and maybe spray painted on the side of the house. I hate Christians or something like that. Uh, maybe the government confiscated stuff. Maybe the government come in and ransacked everything. You know what are you going to do? Well, of course you'd be calling 911. You would be, uh, you know, trying to bring a lawsuit against whoever was that done it, and you'd be angry. You'd be upset to to see these these loss of, of your possessions and and wondering where they went and what's going on, and 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 that's a, a normal re, uh, knee jerk uh, reaction. But it was one thing we look here, and it says, and those are prisoners, and you joyfully. Remember that. That's why that key word there. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Now that's very interesting. They joyfully, you know, instead of being angry, instead of being upset and outraged, you know, all you know, their, 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 their hard-earned uh, things that they have purchased and bought was plundered, was gone. And when they were off trying to minister to these prisoners, but instead of being angry, instead of being upset, they joyfully accepted plundering. I mean, that's very interesting. I mean, probably since you knew that you yourselves had a better position and an abiding one because they knew that these afflictions that we face are only temporary. These afflictions that we endure are only temporary. And they were, they were so uh, in tune with the things of God, they were looking for, forward towards the eternal. See, and how many of us could do that? That we know that uh, money is God's. You know, uh, it took me a long time to understand that. You know, when me and Brandy first got together, and you know, we we didn't really tie like we were supposed to. We're like, well, you can't afford to do that. But it took me a long time to understand. It's not my money. It's God's money. And after through a lot of crazy stuff, you know, uh, you know, it is uh, Lord really uh, uh, helped me to fully understand. Uh, in regards to that is his money. And so before I do anything, before any bill gets paid, I make sure 
that I uh, that we tithe. That's the first thing I do, and then we worry about everything else after that because that is God's, and I'm going to honor Him in that. And uh, if that means we have to cut back somewhere else, and so be it. But I want to make sure God gets His because I want to be obedient. I want to be a good servant, um, a good steward uh, to Jesus Christ. And so that's one thing we need to understand. We need to get through our heads that um, these things we have doesn't matter. What we need is to make sure we're focused on the eternal. Now, I'm not saying it, it, it would be sinful uh, to be upset if you come home and you're wrong. Well, yeah, that would be devastating. That would be tough. That would be hard. And and, um, uh, and it, you probably never sleep soundly in that home again after you've been broke into. Uh, I'm not saying that's not a natural response. But their attitude of being joyful, uh, to me, that is... Um, uh, I just couldn't imagine having that, that kind of uh, attitude, uh, you know. And uh, in fact, I've been uh, accused of, of having a bad attitude in my life. I don't know why anybody would ever say that. Uh, but uh, my dad's probably laughing right now. Uh, but anyway, let's see here. I wanted to look at um, passage of Scripture. Let me make sure I got it right here. Um, yeah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're of all people most to be pitied. You know, and that's very, you know, when you look at that in the context of what we're reading right here, let me read it. I read it kind of fast. Let me read it back over again. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 19, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're of all people most to be pitied. So if this is all there is, you know, if there's no hell, if there's... Uh, uh, the um, Jesus substitutionary atonement on the cross, there's no heaven, there's no hell, then what we believe, we are to be pitied. We're, we, you know, we are, uh, are rotten individuals. You know, I mean, but I would rather have the conviction and the hope to know that what, is, what we're reading and studying under, uh, here tonight um, is true and knowing that my eternal place is secure in heaven than to ignore that and say, well, there's no heaven and hell and this is all there is, then you know what? What's the point of existing? What's the point of living? What's the point of, of even getting up out of bed in the morning? See, Jesus Christ gives us that hope. He gives us that strength. He gives us that ability to endure. He gives us that ability to persevere. He's, he gives us that ability to keep moving forward. And uh, without that, uh, you know, we're nothing. We, we, we can never uh, get a, attain uh, that, um, uh, I don't know, uh, spiritually. We'd never be able to grow spiritually where we need to be. So, But, you know, that gives that fortitude, that ability to, to persevere. Um, and um, let's see here. Uh, let's get back over here. Um, let's see. We read 34, 35. Uh, Therefore, uh, to not do not throw away your confidence. All right. Do not throw away and your confidence, which has great reward. All right. So um, let's see here. Um, try to make sure there's a verse I was wanting to look up here. I'll make sure I get it right. Um, give me just one second. There's a particular verse. I think. No, that's for another part here. Okay, I'll get it in just a second. Hold on. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm trying to collect my thoughts here, make sure I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Uh, but anyway, uh, do not throw away your confidence, all right? In other words, um, to, to persevere, to keep pushing forward, uh, to, um, you know, not be feeling self-defeated, uh, you know, that kind of thing. We need to make sure that we have that, that faith, uh, that understanding of what is important. Uh, you know, uh, those who, um, you know, we need to take up the cross and follow after Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to... Um, uh, dive self. You know, we are inherently selfish people. We are, we are prideful people. We are, you know, uh, uh, we need to uh, make sure that um, uh, we're not seeking uh, strength and, and, and uh, opportunities uh, uh, that are self-serving in this world. You know, everybody wants their 15 seconds of fame. Everybody wants their viral video. Everybody, you know, we need to make sure that we're esteeming others better than ourselves, that we're putting God first above ourselves. You know, and that goes to... Uh, uh, I guess all right. I'm, I'm, when it comes to this whole mask thing, you know, guys, you know, I see a lot of good people out there who are posting stuff, and uh, I haven't really said too much about it. 
but I, I've seen a, a, a growing increase of individuals who are really uh, trying to belittle those who wear a mask. And it's, it, uh, it's very frustrating for me because, you know, I get aggravated with people saying, you know, uh, I won't be silenced, don't be shot, uh, si you know, shut up. And, and, and I get what you're saying, all right? The government's not going to control me. That's an act of compliance. And you'll be the ones who'll be uh, loaded in railroad carts and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, in other words, you know, they, they try to make those who wear a mask feel stupid, uh, feel like they're the ones being controlled uh, that uh, by the media and by the government. And whether you feel this virus is real or make-believe, you know, in fact, uh, Brandy was telling me about a um, uh, guy that went to one of these uh, Rona, Corona, uh, COVID uh, uh, parties, and he ended up getting it and died, you know. So whether you really think it's real or imagine, you know, that's between you and God. If you don't want to wear a mask, that's that's on you, man. Don't wear a mask. That's on you. But I don't understand why you feel the need to belittle and make fun of those who do wear one. See, I have health issues. I have a compromised immune system. If the virus didn't exist, I probably need to wear a mask anyway, just because of the fact that I stay sick all the time. But every time I put that on, and if I go somewhere, I just people feel people staring at me like, "Yeah, look at this guy. He'll be one of the ones going to the gas chambers, kind of, you know." And I and I don't really appreciate that, to be honest with you. But um, but you know, we're talking about esteeming others better than yourselves. When it comes to wearing the mask thing, you know, I understand you don't want to wear it. Maybe you understand you you feel like you're asymptomatic, and or you may be asymptomatic, or you know it rather. But uh, particularly in church, you know, you need to ask yourselves, you know. If you don't want to wear one, that's fine. Again, you know, we're not forcing anybody to wear one. But ask yourself, what, what, how would Jesus react uh, in these kind of situations? And uh, you know, of course, we won't know because uh, you know he's fully God, fully man. We don't know, uh, you know, how Jesus may react. But you know, he did have a love for others. And are you expressing love for others uh, when you're not, you know, particularly in a church setting? You know, there's, in fact, I had an email. I'm going to tell Deb about this woman's wanting to come to church. But she was, she says she was elderly. She was scared and nervous and asked if everybody wore a mask and observed social distancing. And I had to be honest. And I tell her that we encourage it. But unfortunately, the majority don't. And um, and I hated to tell her that. I really did. Uh, and um, I don't know. I just ask you all to pray about it. You know, are you really uh, putting God first? Are you esteeming others better than yourself? So, but... Uh, uh, my dad says, you said, I'm look, what? He said, hold on here. He said, you said, I look handsome in a mask. Was that a lie? No, that's true. You look much better with a mask on. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so we need to make sure we're putting God uh, first. Now, you know, one thing we can look at, too, and then that really goes along with what we're talking about uh, this evening, if, if, as far you know, talking about the Christian life, talking about the endurance, talking about the perseverance, uh, you know, uh, talking about this this persecution and, and the confidence. I really, you know, the um, uh, is in uh, Matthew. Let's see here. Talking about uh, the parable of the sower, Matthew thirteen. Uh, if you want to turn there, I'll leave that up to you guys and gals. But um, I think it really goes along with kind of what we're talking about this evening. Uh, in verse, um, I'm gonna start with verse four. Uh, it says, "And as he sowed some of the seed, as he sowed, some of the seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them." So, in other words, that was um, unbelievers. Uh, you know, really just got going down to unbelievers who didn't understand, who don't, you know, who might have heard the gospel, the God of this world blinded them. They just didn't get it, and uh, so that's kind of what, what they're looking at. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, and where did and where? Can't read tonight. Where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soul. And um, those who may immediately um, might have, you know, showed a response, but because it was on the rocky ground, they, it wasn't able to, to gather any kind of root, uh, and of course it quickly uh, uh, fell away. Uh, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. All right, uh, they, uh, uh, they shrinked back, uh, so to speak. 
other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain and some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who has ears, let him hear. So, you know, you see those that um, seems like they originally got a grasp uh, of the word and yet um, um, as soon as persecutions and things hit, they went right back into the world. But that last seed that really seemed to take hold, that are those are that is those are those Bible believing Christians uh, that, despite the persecution, uh, despite uh, what was going on, they still endured, they still persevered, they still kept the faith. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, sometimes I think they, they worry about. Uh, uh, if they're really saved or not, or particularly when they read the passage of, you know, uh, you know, get away from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you, you know, they, they worry, you know, what, what if that's me, you know, you prophesied in my name, you, you said this in my name, and I didn't know you, you know, they, that, that concerns people, but, you know, if you, when persecution hits, when, when you're tested and going through these trials, and you're able to keep the faith, you're able to endure, keep pushing forward, that shows to me as a telltale sign that you are saved. And uh, that's why we need to make sure that we're building each other up. And that's kind of what we're looking at here this evening is the ability as Christians to build each other up so they don't drift away, that they keep the faith, they keep pushing forward. You know, just like I was talking about and uh, running and such, you know, you try to, you know, you may want to, you may have a friend running with you and you want to encourage them to, you know, they start falling back, say, come on, man, you can do it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. You know, it's kind of like working out. Uh, me and dad used to work out in, in uh, different gyms and stuff and you'd have people there, they'd encourage each other, you know, come on, you can do it. Like when dad be watching over top of me and, uh, and I was trying to struggle to bench press uh, uh, 50 pounds and <laughs> he's like, you can do it, you can do it, you know, you wuss. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's what you do. You encourage each other. And that's what we do as Christians. We encourage each other. And if you wasn't saved, you know, you wouldn't be worried about it. You go right back into the world, you wouldn't think twice about it. So, you know, that's one thing that you can tell. And I feel like that kind of goes along uh, great with our text uh, that we're reading here uh, this evening. Now, in verse 36, it says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So when we... We have that promise. We have that hope. Uh, we have the, the glory of God to look forward to. Again, looking forward, not focused on the temporal, but uh, focused on the eternal. And that's where, where our hope needs to be. That's where we need to be focused at is on Jesus Christ. Those things, those uh, the world to come. That, that you know, the Apostle Paul endured more persecution than anybody could ever imagine. And uh, and he said the trials of my faith is just is only temporary. These things, this life is only temporary. We're only here just for a little while. And um, so that's what we need to get through our heads. That this, these, these testing of our faith is just temporary. It stinks at the moment. It ain't no fun. But we have God. Without, you know, if we didn't have His strength and the ability to, to endure, you know, there's no way any of us can make it. But it's through God's glory. And that's what we need to focus on. Those things are eternal. Now, um, let's see here. Now, what we're going to read right here uh, in um, 37 to 38 is really a combination of uh, Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. 2, 3, and 4, and Isaiah 26, 20 through 21. We'll look at those here in just one second. Let me read this, and then we'll look up those passages. If you want to go and be looking at those, uh, go ahead. Uh, 37, 4, Yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay, but my righteousness, but by, what is wrong with me tonight? But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now, let's look at Habakkuk 2, and let's see here, look at 2, 3, and 4. Go on here. Yeah. Uh, Still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. It seems slow. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Now let's also look at Isaiah 26, 20 through 21. Isaiah 26 uh, says, Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed, has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its stain. Now, it's one thing we, we have to understand. Jesus Christ is going to return. You know, he, we're going to be raptured out. Remember, the difference between the rapture and the second coming, I think I've covered that enough to where I don't need to explain it again. I've, I've went over that many, several times. 
If you're just now tuning in, you haven't heard me uh, heard what I said about that, feel free to message me and I will go into detail or you can email my dad. He'll be happy to tell you as well. But, um, you know, we don't need to worry about everybody else. You know, that's what, that's what my mama always said. When I come in upset about somebody from school, she said, don't worry about nobody but yourself. That she'd kick me and throw me out the door. No, I'm just teasing. She, she said, don't worry about nobody but yourself. Don't worry, you know, as far as what the world, all right, you know, as Christians, we need to encourage each other. We need to help each other. When you see someone down or they're, they're, they're uh, needing help, well, yeah, we do that. But those in the world, they don't have no understanding of the things of God. They don't have no understanding of the things of the gospel. That's why you see all the hatred and the bitterness and the vile and the evil that we're seeing out there now. I mean, you can't turn on the, the TV for 10 seconds and you see uh, how the weekend violence erupts across the nation. I mean, it's just constantly something all the time. They, you know, don't worry about these monkeys, all right? They, all these evil people, they're going to get theirs one day. God's judgment will be, his wrath will be given. Uh, and so we just need to understand God's in control. He is sovereign. Nothing happening that he isn't allow happening. And um, and so he's in control. So, let's, you know, we don't need to, we just need to concentrate on our Christian walk, encouraging each other. And, you know, if we opportunity presents itself, these people who are violent and, and nasty and the Black Lives Matters, which, you know, if you heard Dad's message today, great message, saying that because he's my dad, but I had a good response on social media with his message this morning, but it's a, it's an agenda uh, with this old Black Lives Matter. It's like, um, I love those, um, uh, their names, the Hodge, the Hodge Twins is their names. And uh, now they can get, uh, they can use a few adjectives here and there, so be careful. we got any kids around if you listen to them. They're kind of the male version of um, uh, Diamond and Silk, if you will. But uh, that's one thing they were talking about, uh, is that, uh, you know, black lives matters uh, only to certain lives. You know, it only matters to uh, to white cops and, and black individuals. And you know, see, they, they were saying, uh, where is... Um, uh, where is it Black Lives? When is it? Why does it Black Lives Matters when uh, it is a little eight-year-old girl getting gunned down, or a 19-year-old getting gunned down, or black-on-black -black crime, or uh, with the abortions that are going on there targeting urban communities? Where's 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 why come those lives don't matter? You know, and and uh, and so they they have some really good uh, good points out there. So uh, maybe some opportunities would exist that um, uh, where you can have a conversation, a rational conversation, try to talk to these individuals and, and explain them things of Jesus Christ. Trust me, if, you're, if your social media is anything like mine, you can see people who are on that side of the aisle versus those of us who uh, are for freedom and, and uh, capitalism versus the socialism and the fascism of, of the left. Maybe that open up an opportunity for you to talk to them about the things of Jesus Christ. I don't know. But one thing to be rest assured, you better let everybody know and you better have your house ready for the fact that Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out of here. We may not, whether we live to see that or not, one day, one way or the other, we're going to be in heaven. You better have yourself prepared and you better make sure you're, you're in the right place in your heart with Christ. There's a lot of people out there who still think that if they do good things, you know, that's a lot of unbelievers. They think, well, I'm a good person. I do good things and, and uh, I didn't uh, graffiti nothing, but I'm benevolent and I do this and do that. <laughs> Until you pray and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will not get into heaven. Jesus Christ is clear on that, and that no man gets to the Father except through him. And so you better make sure your heart's in the right place, and then you better and try to tell as many people as you can. But let's encourage one another, my friends. Let's encourage uh, each other. And, um, uh, and to remember the newfound way, the, the new, uh, uh, are, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and that... Um, well, just say how our views are radically different to what they used to be. Before you come to know Jesus Christ, look how you looked at things and viewed things and saw things and what you thought and acted is completely different from how, as a Christian, you act now. At least as hope. I mean, if you're still being the same person you was before you got saved, uh, you might want to take your spiritual pulse, so to, so to speak, and make sure you're right where you need to be. But um, uh, let's see here. I think this is where... I was wanting to read, hold on one second here, there's a verse, I was wanting to read earlier, but I thought it went more with what I was going to talk about, what I'm referring to right now, but let me make sure that's what I'm thinking it is, hold on here, um, let's see, 
Yeah, uh, Matthew 6, 20. Uh, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So going back, don't worry, going back to what we're talking about, it's not uh, worrying about those things that are... Um, <clears throat> um, sorry, <laughs> somebody sent me a text. Greg Muller sent me a text about uh, the video. Anyway, uh, let's make sure that we're not laying up treasures here on this earth. That's, that's not going to benefit you anything, that we're laying up those treasures in heaven. Uh, verse 39, but we, are not, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and, and preserve their souls. Uh, in other words, you know, let that um, that let that eternal reality uh, govern and uh, present that way of life is what that's uh, more or less referring to. Uh, that enduring faith, uh, that uh, the focus on God's will, uh, is what we're seeing there. Uh, and so, uh, let's not don't shrink back. Don't go. In other words, you know, it's one, again there. He's giving that warning uh, to those that in the, in the original audience uh, to not go back. Uh, to Judaism, not to go back to the to the old way of doing things, to cling to this new covenant, cling to to the new way of living, clinging to the things of Jesus Christ, and I think that is an encouragement that all of us as Christians need to cling to, is not to shrink back into the old ways, the old habits of doing things. You know, the devil makes it too easy uh, to shrink back. He makes it too easy uh, to want to go back into the world. Um, you know, is, that's, one, that's why it's called temptation. You know, if it wasn't, um, uh, if it was, uh, wasn't palatable, palatable uh, if it wasn't um, uh, enticing, then it would be a temptation. And so uh, sometimes maybe if you're being discouraged spiritually, mentally, emotionally, it, you may be uh, tempted to go back into that world of drugs. You may be tempted to go back into that world of alcohol. You may be tempted to go back to hanging out with some old friends. You may be tempted to, to slide back into that, that old life. But here is the encouragement. Don't shrink back. Don't drift away. Cling to those things that are holy and righteous and honorable in the things of God's eyes. Cling to that goodness. Remember, all right, remember the very things they say, recall the former days. Recall those things that enlightened you, that opened your eyes, that drew you to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Cling to that hope. Cling to the future. Cling to the eternal life that Jesus Christ has promised us. Cling to those things. Don't give up. Now, sometimes it'll be like Buzz Lightyear. Don't give up. Never surrender. You know, really. But there's, you know, that's a Buzz Lightyear saying, but there's a lot of truth in that. Don't give up. Never surrender. You know, there is no surrender. If you're going to surrender anything, surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. That's the only thing you need to surrender yourself to today. Give your all to Him. If you're facing challenges in your life, you can't do it on your own. If you're trying to fight addiction, you can't do it on your own. If you're trying to avoid pitfalls in the world, you cannot have the willpower to do it on your own. It is only through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ that can help you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to keep you strong enough to avoid those pitfalls and snares the old devil has out there for you. Because what's he there to do? He's there to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's why we have to keep our eyes on God. We have to keep the faith. We have to keep fighting. Be encouraged, my friends. Encourage those around you with the things of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying to the original audience so they don't shrink back into those things. And that's what my encouragement is for you today. That's what the encouragement is here for you today, right here in God's Word. Encouraging you here today to keep up the fight and to keep pushing forward. Don't give in to the hate. Don't give in to the bitterness. Don't give in to those things that are easy to go into. Let's make sure that we are exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Let's ex exhibit those things in thought, word, and deed. So let us, if you haven't already, put your hand in the nail-scarred hand, and man, just uh, uh, keep fighting. And that's what we've got to do. We are in a war. So don't be like... Uh, uh, Hannibal of Carthage and his men who got uh, that plush lifestyle and uh, when it comes time for the fight they got mowed down. See so the Christians you know, have not dealt with a lot of persecution. They've not had to deal with a lot of hardships and so they've grown soft. My friends we are in a war and we got to be prepared for that war. The only way you can do that is be in that time in word and in prayer and be ready for the battle at hand. Seeking discernment, you know, praying for that discernment, praying for that wisdom, drawing close to God, and be ready because you're going to face that battle each and every day. 
And so be ready to, to pick up the sword and fight. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, let us encourage one another. Let us be strong. Let us be of good cheer. Lord Jesus, let us pick up the sword and be ready to fight. Lord, let us be ready and, uh, and to defend the gospel at any cost. Lord, for anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I appreciate each one of you all for watching this evening. I truly do. Don't forget, uh, every morning at 7.15, those on uh, social media and on the website at flbconline.com, you can watch my live devotions. They're usually, uh, here lately, they've been anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes. So it is, um, but hey, you know, listen for as long as you can. And uh, uh, and if you can't listen to it all, hey, at least you got to listen to some of it. So, But I do that Monday through Friday. And, uh, and don't forget, Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, uh, we'll be doing the online service Sunday morning, 11 to 12, Dr. Vic Young. And Lord willing, if the weather will be good, uh, we'll uh, do outside service next Sunday at uh, 6 o'clock. So, hope everyone has a great day today, a fantabulous evening. And uh, God bless. And Lord willing, we'll meet again in the morning at 7.15. Thanks for watching.